Hi, and welcome to the Joy Report with Rhonda in sunny Tampa, Florida. Today, I want to talk to you about salvation. You know, sometimes we need to visit our roots, and sometimes we need the ABCs of faith. Sometimes we need to hear and hear it again. (laughs) So many times, people aren't doing what they know to do and what they've heard to do. And so just know that we have to be mindful of what has been given to us because much is given, much is required. And so our Heavenly Father, He pours out so much for us to hear and to see through His servants, the preaching of the gospel, the fivefold ministry gifts. What are the fivefold ministry gifts? Well, the Bible talks about the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the evangelist, and the teacher. And did you know that those that are in a ministry are going to be judged at a higher standard than just the average person that's a born-again, spirit-filled believer? You know, because when we are taught in the things of God, we are to be an example to the people of God. We're to live it, we're to walk it, we're to breathe it, and we are to tell it. And so we are a living example because, you know, God didn't, he didn't take the nobility of this world. He didn't take the, uh, the aristocratic people, the people of high class to preach the gospel. He took the average Joes. (laughs) He took people that the Bible says that the foolish things to confine the wise. Well, what does that mean? Well, he took the lame, the weak, the base. These are all words that describe different adjectives and verbs of individuals. So he took people that he could put a gift on them and they would be like the wow factor. Wow, they've been transformed. Look at them go. Look at the power of God on them. Oh my gosh, look at the miracles. Oh, the signs and the wonders. Look, look, you know, look and see. (laughs) They're so beautiful because when God gives a gift, he gives it for life. When he calls somebody, he doesn't take the calling off of their life. That's why if they get bumps in the road and they have hiccups in their walk with the Lord, the gifts and callings are irrevocable. And so you have to keep on running. You have to keep on trucking. You got to keep on in the journey, even though you're getting a little weary and well-doing, even though your path, oh my, things have changed up. You know, you get a big mountain. (laughs) say to the mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. You know, we're all the same. We all are going through the same door. (laughs) We all have the same seed of faith, that little mustard seed, but we have to grow that faith. We have to grow in God. Every day we have to be learning and developing and training our spirit man to hear the voice of the Lord because this Lord is always speaking. He never slumbers. He never sleeps. And so we have to have these ears on all through the day, all through the night because he's speaking. He'll speak in dreams and visions. The Holy Spirit never rests. He is in the earth. He has a big job to perform because he's also preparing the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, well, we know him. (laughs) We don't know the 
hour of his coming. But will we know him when he comes? Well, yes, because we're going to be a reflection of him because we're walking and talking and we're telling. Oh, do you know when Jesus said, I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see my father do. So therefore, we are the same way. We are imitators of Jesus. Jesus is perfection. You know, he went to the cross because it was to his obedience. It brought obedience that he went to the cross and he paid the price for you and I. He laid down his life so that we could pick up our lives, so that we could have divine healing, that we could have the Prince of Peace. We could have the gifts of the Spirit, that we could walk in newness of life, that we could have the greater the greater, the greater one lives on the inside of us. In the Old Testament, Jesus hadn't come yet, but there was a promise of the Messiah that was coming. And we know in the book of John, it talks about John's journey, that John was preparing the way of the Lord Jesus Christ. He prepared the way. He was preparing hearts to receive Jesus. And when Jesus came, remember, he was in the water and John was baptizing him. And all of a sudden, the the the, the, the it opened up. The sky opened up. The clouds above. And it says, this is my son whom I <laughs> am pleased. I am well pleased. This is the son. This is my precious son. Because God began to speak out of the clouds. And he spoke. <laughs> and Jesus at that moment. Oh my goodness. At that moment. Cloven tongues. Oh, everything was upon him. It had already been in him from the day one when he came, when he was a seed as a little baby. He was, he was a seed and he came into the earth. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful analogy. A seed, you know, a seed grows, but it's got to have water. It's got to have oxygen. It's got to have chlorophyll. It's got to have certain ingredients to grow. And therefore we are seeds. We were a seed that was in our mother's womb. It's a miraculous, beautiful thing. Birth, childbirth, and how God created us and what he has for us to do in the earth. But Jesus came as a seed, and it's the seed that keeps on giving. He is the gift that keeps on giving because we can know him intimately. But he also wants us to be able to hear, to hear his voice, to stay in that place so that he can speak to us day and night and begin to share and show us the things to come. I want to read to you out of the book of Isaiah 55, 6. It says, Seek you the Lord, seek you the Lord, while he may be found. Call you upon him, which he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not there, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud, it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word that... 
be that goes forth out of my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the things whereto I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Isn't that a beautiful sight? The trees, <laughs> the trees of the field shall clap their hands instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree and it shall be to the Lord for a name for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off that is a good word of the Lord oh bless the Lord in Psalms 103 bless the Lord oh my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name bless the Lord oh my soul and forget not all his benefits that is a word that you can stand on psalms 103 1 through 2 god is faithful he is watching over his word to perform it and he wants to do a new work he wants to do a work in you let him do that work on the inside of you today let him come let him fill you let him change you let him rearrange some of those things that you've been thinking on let the spirit of god come like a flood <laughs> and fill you to the full overflowing good measure pressed down shaking together and running over i love in chapter 55 of isaiah it says ho everyone that thirsts come you to the waters and he that has no money come you buy and eat yes come buy wine and milk without money and without price wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which satisfies not hearken dick diligently to me and eat you that which is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness incline your ear and come to me here and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you even the sure mercies of David so we are promised a covenant and you know the Bible says that if, if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, we shall be born again. What does it mean to be born again? Well, we trade our sin nature and we take on the nature of our Heavenly Father. It's a redeemed nature. It's a, the nature of God. And therefore, we know that we know that we know that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life because we trust. We trust and obey the commandments of the Lord. And we, when we hear, we're a doer of the word. I want to read to you a little bit. This book was published in 1988. It's a divine revelation of hell by Mary Baxter. She had so many people um, endorse her book, like Youngie Cho uh, has one, had one of the largest Korean churches um, in Seoul, Korea. Uh, Edward Thomas, the president of the KLTJ-TV in Houston, Texas. She had Marilyn Hickey of Denver, Colorado. Marilyn says, this book is God's warning to this generation. If, if you have ever doubted the existence of hell, don't. <laughs> so I want to read you a, a usurp of it on page 118. You can find this on Amazon. You can find this in Christian bookstores. A Divine Revelation of Hell by Mary K. Baxter. It says, time is running out. There's a little stopwatch on the front of the cover. 
So you have to know that Mary, every evening she was transported into, into the pits of hell. And Jesus wanted to show her things, and he wanted her to write this book. And she's written this book, and this book lines up with Scripture. So I'm going to read you her account and the experience, and I know it will bear witness with your spirit because the Holy Spirit and your spirit are one. Because when you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, then you have the evidence of speaking in tongues, and you have the evidence of that fullness of the Spirit of God. So we get born again, we get water baptized, and we also get filled with the Holy Spirit. And so these are the experiences that we have, and it talks about it clearly in the Bible. And so I'm going to be reading out of Mary Baxter's book, and it's page 118. Lord, I said, you mean your servants are here? Yes, said Jesus, servants that turned back after I called them, servants who loved the world more than me and went back to the wallowing in the myrrh of sin, servants that would not stand for the truth and for holiness. It is better that one never starts than to turn back after beginning to serve me. Believe me, Jesus said, if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father. If you repent of your sins, I will be faithful to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. But if you will not repent, I will come in a time you think not, and you will be cut off with the unbelievers and cast into outer darkness. I watched the dark angel as he cast the large disc far, far into the darkness. My word means just what it says. They shall be cast into outer darkness. And then immediately Jesus and I were in the air following this disc through space. We came to the outside of the disc and stood looking in. There was a fire in the center of the disc and people were swimming in and out over and under the flaming waves. There were no demons or evil spirits here, only souls burning in a sea of fire. Outside the disk was the black set of darkness, only the light from the flames in the dark illuminated the night air. In that light, I saw people trying to swim to the edges of the disk. Some of them would almost reach the sides when a suction force from the inside the disk would drag them back into the flames. I watched as their forms turned to skeletons with misty gray souls. I knew then that this was just another part of hell. And then I saw, as in a vision, angels opening seals. Nations and kingdoms appeared to be locked beneath them. As the angels broke the seals, men and women, boys and girls, marched straight into the flames. I watched in the ghastly fascination, wondering if I knew any of the fallen servants of the Lord who were marching past. I could not turn my head away from the sight of souls marching into the fire, and no one was trying to stop them. I cried, Lord, please stop them before they reach the fire. But Jesus said, He who has ears should hear. He who has eyes should see. My child, cry out against sin and evil. Tell my servants to be faithful and to call upon the name of the Lord. I am taking you through this awful place so that you can tell them about hell. Jesus continued, Some will not believe you. Some will say, God is too good to send men and women to hell. But tell them, My word is true. 
tell them that the fearful and unbelieving will have their part in the lake of fire. You know, the scripture is plain. The Bible talks about the outer darkness. It talks about it in the word. And you know, there's so many references on heaven and there's so many references on hell. And so sometimes you don't hear preachers preaching on hell, but there is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. And we know that when we confess our sins one to another, that this is pleasing and right to the Lord. You know, Jesus knew the thoughts and said again, this is outer darkness. Remember that my word says the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Lord, I said, you mean your servants are here? So that is an an excerpt of the revelation that Mary Baxter had. And there's so much more in this book. I read this from cover to cover and I was just um, amazed and it sticks with you. And you know that as a man and a woman of God, that you're going to preach it from the rooftop. You're going to preach it and tell the goodness of God. I know as I was walking today and stopped upon a lady and began to talk to her and to share, and I asked her if she was to go to heaven. Did she know that she would, if, if she was to die, would she go to heaven? And she just said that all of her sins are forgiven. And I said, well, how do you know that? <laughs> and she said that she believes in a higher power. I said, oh, so you've asked Jesus into your heart? And she says, no, Jesus is a prophet. And then she began to talk, but she really didn't know what she believed. And she just knew that all of her sins were forgiven. I said, so you read the Bible? And she said, yeah, cover to cover. I've read it two times. And I said, well, have you? do you know what the Bible says? <laughs> and so it talks about salvation. It talks about that the Old Testament, that the promise of the Messiah. I said, did you know in Genesis that Jesus repented because he made man? Because, you know, the fall in the garden with Adam and Eve. And she began to tell me about the fall in the garden with Adam and Eve. And she knew parts of the scripture, but she didn't know why she believed what she believed. So I'm saying to you, my child, <laughs> I'm saying to you, ladies and gentlemen, that you need to know why you believe what you believe. And you need to know who's the anchor of your soul. That when you confess Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, that he comes and he rescues you. He pulls you out. That old sin nature that you once had, you exchange it for that new nature. Because we have a new covenant. Because Jesus was promised, God promised that he would send us the Messiah, that he would forgive us of all of our sins. And so Jesus was, was the ransom. Jesus was the price that was paid for you and I and all of our sins, everything that we'd ever do or we ever done or ever gonna do have been under the blood. And Jesus was the price that was paid for all of our sins. And so I say to you today, I want you to get hungry for the things of God. I want you to know that there's a that the, the time is ticking. And as I read in Isaiah 55, 6, it says, Seek you the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the uprighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. So just lift your hands to the Lord wherever you're at and just say, Father, please forgive me of my sins. I ask you, Lord, I want to come home. I want to come back to you. Come in me, Lord. I confess Jesus 
is my personal Lord and Savior. I thank you that he died on the cross for me. I thank you that he's coming back again for me. I surrender today, Lord. I ask you to fill me, to refresh me, to refuel me with your fire, with your love, with your joy. Come, Holy Spirit, live in me, talk through me. I'm your hands, I'm your feet. Let me be all that you called me to be. Hallelujah. Well, if you prayed that prayer with me, just know that the Spirit of God is hovering over you, that the Spirit of God is watching over His Word to perform it. And just know that you're a child of God. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life because God paid the ultimate price for you so you can go free, that you don't have to go to a devil's hell, that you have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that you will spend eternity in heaven because you are earmarked as a child of God. That hell was not made for you. It was not made for you. But heaven, heaven was the design. He's purposed you. He's planned ahead for you. You have a call. You have an anointing. You have a destiny. So I say to you, my brothers and sisters, get in the word. Find your place. Find your position in the body of Christ. And run in this last hour. Run, run, run. Run the race. Run the race. Run the race that's set before you. Don't easily be set off of the course, but keep running so your heavenly Father can come. And when he comes, he's going to meet us in the air. Lord Jesus Christ is going to meet us in the air. And he's when we stand before him on that day, he'll be able to say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. So that's all for now. This is the Joy Report, reporting live from Tampa, Florida. So just know that God loves you. I love you. And have a Jesus-filled day today.